Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back. It's my mate, Bought a Toaster. My name's Tom Price, and today I'm joined by a comedian who I first gigged with in about probably about 2001 or 2002, and she's absolutely brilliant, and she's gone on to such fantastic things, and it's genuinely thrilling when I see this person doing well. There's so many comics who I watch doing well, and I loathe them, and this one I actually <laughs> want to do well. Um, it's the wonderful Jen Brister. Hello and welcome. Oh, hello, Tom. It's lovely, lovely to talk to you. Uh, you Is it that long? Yeah, man. I can remember. You know, I remember yeah. where it was. Was it the Enterprise? The Enterprise. Oh God, the Enterprise. It was the Enterprise. Yeah, I, I, Claire Ward and I went, yes. and we we were watching you, and Beth, and oh God, yes, who else was Lydia. On? Lydia. Yeah. yeah. So this um, is my wife Beth and her comedy partner Lydia. They did stuff together before they split up, and Beth got a proper job. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can remember it very, and it was summer, and I remember it quite vividly and also uh who else was there oh god uh we kept talking about the size of his ed, ed weeks yeah we were talking about ed scott weren't we yeah he went it. on to star in he went on star in the mindy project so now if you're a fan of that you can go and check that out um <laughs> go and watch those episodes very carefully massive wang anyway he'll be thrilled Absolutely that we talked about it. He massive will be wang. Deli- imagine if ed weeks stumbles upon this one day and actually chooses to listen and at the opening, what are the chances very low in terms of him wanting to listen to me talk very low indeed um <laughs> But also, Jen Briston, the thing about you that I love about you is that you were, I was really, really about to pack it all in once at Looney's at the Asylum, a club that I used to run. And I was done. I'd just been crap for several months on the bounce. And you told me not to. So oh, did I? You were very nice. Oh, you were very nice and rational. So, so don't give up. Positive. Very. But that's not like me at all. So yeah, I mean, I will send exactly, exactly. No, it would be unlike me to do the same thing as well. I'm usually, I would, if it was vice versa, relentlessly negative yeah, about this industry. Just, yeah, I'd be going fucking right. Walk away, mate. Walk hey, away. While you've got your dignity, yeah, just exactly. back off. Um. So now, the first thing I'm very pleased to tell you, Jen. I don't know if you have you had a look through your Amazon purchase listery. If you have you looked into no. that? Oh, great. I, well, why would I? No, right. Exactly. It makes this podcast even better if you don't, because we are going back to the previous century. We're going to 1999 to start oh, off. Jesus. This We're going to I, July I no 1999. Idea. Right. Do you know okay. what this is already? Can you remember? No, of course I can't. I can't remember what I bought last week. The first thing you bought on Amazon. Uh, by Wendy Castor is a book called The Lesbian Sex Book. Oh, Jesus, that's so embarrassing. Do you know, I know. Hang on, are you. Uh... No. <laughs> yeah, uh... Yes, that will have been just when I, I've just come out. Right. <laughs> I, just, I came out in 1998. Okay. And, it, and in 1999, I was probably trying to get laid. Right. And this would have been my attempt to find out how, how somebody had recommended me that book, actually, and said, look, if you want to know the ins and outs and what's up, not, buy this book. And it's got 
It was, I, I can't even, do you know what? I, firstly, I don't know where that book is and I, and I genuinely can't tell you if it was any good or not. I, 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 I suspect it wasn't. I just, I think this is a really important thing that if you're coming out and you've got all these, this thing that's going to happen and you know what you are, but you still need to look at a manual <laughs> well, I'm sure lots of people don't, but I say No, but do. a lot of people, I mean, <laughs> irrelevant, irrelevant of what orientation you are sexually, you still need to go, right, how do I, what, how does this actually work? And it is, this is like a Haynes manual for... Oh, God. Um, it is uh, very informative, according to someone. It's definitely good for reference. Uh, okay. Very, oh, here's a good one from Titania. Uh, very detailed for those new to the team. That's... Okay, so that that would have been how many stars does it get? Out of curiosity, what does oh, Amazon? Tony's giving it five stars. Very pleased with new to the team. That's something which our very good friend Frogstone, who has previously been on this podcast as well, uh, Frogstone uses that phrase, uh, a team player, which I thoroughly enjoy. For uh, lesbian, <laughs> I love frog. Uh, she, yeah, she won't say lesbian. She hates the phrase lesbian. She uses team. Oh, players. does she? Yeah. Oh, I have no problem with lesbian. Right. Lesbian. Um, the lesbian sex book, a guide for women who love women. Uh, that has got. It's only had six ratings. And it's got wow, popular. Thir- yeah, it's not done that well. Thirty nine percent five stars, so four point two out of five. But it reads like a five, Jen. It reads like a five. Well, I mean, I tell you what, lesbians definitely know what they're talking about when they're reviewing books, so we should take that as read. Do you want me but to? Rev- can, I, good- can I chuck in a little star from you? Are you happy for me to? Uh, oh yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, what, what, what do you think? I don't. Care. What should I give it? Come on, um, come on. I mean, you know, you're now. Let's give it five. Well, Let's yeah, give it five. Yeah, Why not? exactly. I mean, you, says five stars. you've read the book and here you are in 2020. Are you still a lesbian? Still a... Yeah. Uh, let me just it, double yeah. check with my girlfriend. Wait, still... <laughs> is this still happening, love? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Yeah, as a nod. Great, yeah. okay, congratulations. In that case, it's definitely five stars and it's all thanks to this book. <laughs> I cannot believe that was my first Amazon purchase. That is hilarious. What an excellent star that is. All right, let's leap on ahead. So also, I should say, what's going on with Jen Brister as we, as we flick... Uh, through the years now we're in 2000 and nothing in 2000 nothing in 2001 well I know roughly what you're doing because you're starting stand-up comedy in about this time right yes so I sort of started in well I I mean you know Tom let's I mean I say started I mean I was kind of attempting to do stand-up at about this time Hmm. Um, 2000 I think I was in the BBC comedy semi-final oh god those Com- fucking competitions oh those fucking awful competitions i was dreadful i was absolutely dreadful at them. i Me just I, I i just never got anywhere with any of them but um i yeah. so yeah it must have been around um 99 2000 that i sort of started in in london but i had been when i'd lived when i was living in australia i had been gigging over there in, in 98 oh, so how long were you in australia for a year and and like literally doing so when I was in Melbourne, they there was a a regular night on a Sunday for open micers at the at the SB, mm. and I'd go I'd go almost every Sunday, and if I if I wasn't performing, I'd be watching. Right, and I, and I died more than I did well. Yeah, I, I have no idea why I thought I could do stand up when it was patently obvious from those gigs that I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, but thank God you persist. This is the thing, isn't it? That you know, going out and gigging is the uh, aggressive Darwinism. Uh, of stand-up comedy which stand-ups ignore they ignore being told by audiences and by the way having seen you you definitely didn't die whenever I saw you but going out and dying you you would think that is the process of being told to stop doing this and yet there is something in stand-ups that perverts the Darwinism and we keep going we don't die off and the shit suddenly get good that's what happens with so many stand-ups isn't it but I think that that is often 
the stand-ups that you see that continue that are on the circuit and whether you like them or you think they're average or whatever mm. are just those people that, that manage to take that kind of kicking you know because yes. it is a kicking to die and there are plenty of people i believe that would be far funnier <laughs> and better at stand-up uh, but they they just couldn't take the the de the deaths so, kind of necessary to get good at this but yeah yeah, yeah there is there is a sort of perverse darwinism you, in this industry. yeah absolutely it's inverted and you do and the the perversity of the death is you have to you but you grasp a nettle to die on stage as a stand-up and you have to basically grasp the nettle pop it in your front pocket not even in a pocket pop it in your genitals actually in your pants i was gonna say actually in your pants yeah rub it, and against, rub it around yeah and then and then keep it there for a long hot sweaty summer that is about how long you have to die for that's what you have to go through i think and and once you've done that though my god you you blossom the chrysalis evaporates and you you know you're wonderful but you've got to do that haven't you you've got to do that and i never did i i was too cautious i i made myself a very bulletproof 15 20 minutes and i lived on that and i i when i stand up regrets is that i didn't push that harder and go and really stink out some rooms which i'd be prepared to do now um i, I well you know i think i think maybe just to play devil's advocate but i think maybe also you you had a clearer idea of who you are and what you wanted to say whereas i think that i didn't and i think that's why i was dying and it yeah. was wasn't just about um i don't think i, I at the time I, don't, I definitely don't think it was taking any risks it was just that uh, i wasn't being entirely me right and i, and I didn't know how to god so, well, how, how wonderful was that moment though when you suddenly did become entirely you when, when and when did that happen jesus i mean Okay, so I would say it took me over 10 years. Uh, uh, definitely 12 years, I would say. Jesus, that's such a long time. That is well, a long time. It, it is. And, and I would say really uh, 14, 15 years when I actually believed it. Tw yeah. 12 years when audiences could see it and 14 or 15 years when I could see it. Yeah. So it um, took me that long. That's, I remember seeing it. I think it was Jonglers. I hadn't seen you for years. And you came and did a filthy jungles gig, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> what? what gig was that? Was that that dreadful? Camden, that, was that... Camden I think, or maybe, maybe was... Portsmouth. It was pretty. It was dreadful. They were all dreadful. Oh, Portsmouth is dreadful. God, that's an absolutely <laughs> shit all of a gig, isn't it? Which doesn't exist anymore. But no, wow. thankfully. Um... Uh, Portsmouth itself does still exist, to be absolutely clear there, just in case you're wondering. And for anyone listening that lives in Portsmouth, I salute you. Indeed. And uh, absolutely nothing wrong with the town, just the gig. Yes, quite right. Um, Southampton, though, much better city. That's a joke. It's a lull. That's oh, what we do. there Stop we go. It. Come on. You have been bought red-handed. October 2006, uh, seven years after you read the, the first manual on being a lesbian, unexpected pleasures, leaving heterosexuality for a lesbian life. Jen, come on, it's seven years now. Oh, um, yes, um, that was, I bought that for my girlfriend. <laughs> right, okay. Did she know she was your girlfriend at the time or was that the beginning of that process? Uh, she had been, uh, she'd only been in a relationship with men uh -huh. and we had got together in 2006. She was uh, struggling with coming to terms with her sexuality, mm. with uh, being with a woman. Uh, well, I say struggling, confused is probably a better word to describe how she was feeling. And she didn't identify as a lesbian, but yeah. knew that she was attracted to me. So it was all very confusing. So if she'd identified as a lesbian, and there was no pansexual or any of that stuff being banded about, and bisexual to her also, for whatever reason, didn't fit. So pansexual mm. is something that she feels more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, 
And so I, I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to make sure she doesn't dump me. So I'll get this book. And so I bought this book for her as a means of trying to help her because I didn't understand what she was going on about. I was like, well, maybe you're just a lesbian, but you don't know it. Mm. She was like, no, I'm not a lesbian. So, so anyway. is, is this the girl you're still with now? Yes, this is my 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 long term partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, yeah. So, so um, now oh, this is difficult because we're talking about her. I don't really want to pry into her life, but does she now? Would do you think she would now say I'm a lesbian or no? She doesn't doesn't no, identify no. as that. No, no, she would identify as pansexual. I think okay. somebody. Yeah, but then this wasn't the person. Yes, right. Okay, right, right. But then this wasn't known, was it? It wasn't really a thing that. Oh, no. I, I mean, I didn't know what pansexual was until I think Joe Lysett started talking about it. It was like, what is this pansexual thing he's banging on about? Yeah. Janelle so Monet how... did it as well. Janelle Monet was big on it, wasn't she? Who was? Janelle Monet. Am I, I think that's right. The um, singer and actor. Janelle yes, Monet. yes, yes. She did pansexual. And then everyone, oh, she... eh, what's that? And it was like, oh, no, that's quite. That's and everyone quite went, cool. oh, no, that seems quite legitimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> right. OK, so you so you're buying this book to make sure your girlfriend doesn't leave you. Well, as, and also, it's a means of assisting her out of heterosexuality into whatever her, her new. I just thought, come on, you're a lesbian, love. But mm. obviously, that wasn't the case. But to sort of ease her into whatever was the, the queerer side of her um, okay. sexual preferences. It's fair to say it's worked because you're very much still together 14 years later. So, again, yes, great book. I mean, listen, I tell you what, comedy and having a very thick skin really did prepare me for this relationship. <laughs> so, a lot of rejection and I didn't take no for an answer. Oh so. this, is, this is really helpful because I've just realised, I've just did the speech about never dying on stage, but I have performed my jokes to absolute silence and stony cold stares from Beth for the last best part of 17 years now. So, you're yeah. right. Yeah, Fuck. they do. But literally, if you have a partner that goes that after the gig tells you every single individual that didn't laugh, you can take anything. <laughs> you really you can. can handle it. Absolutely can. <laughs> August and everything after Counting Crows. That's one of those albums that I cannot listen to because I listen to it constantly with an X. Even even though that was like eighteen or nineteen years ago, that is still off limits. Isn't that weird? Um, I know. I can. There is definitely music that I can't listen to because it has quite sort of uh, you know very vivid memories of something I'd like to forget. Yes. That album uh, is one of Chloe's, certainly one of her favourite kind of, oh, I'm in my 20s, like, well, you know, mm. albums. In one of her many moves, as we do in our 20s and 30s, we're always moving house, aren't we? She lost it. And right. so I bought it for her, I think, oh, as nice. a gift. This yeah. is the thing. This is the thing. I talk about this all the time on this show, but it's so nice when CDs and books were buyable as material objects because then that gave us... That was a really important currency. If you're like me, terrible at buying presents, CDs and books, that was the only thing I understood to buy for people. And that was taken away. I literally only bought friends books and CDs. And now I'm like, well, you can still buy books, to be fair. People will still take books as a gift. But CDs are off now. That's done. Gone. No no one owns a CD player. Like nobody. No, the, no. the only way I can play a CD player, well, I used to be able to, was in my Mac until my kids stuck some Lego in there or something. And I can't, <laughs> I can't stick anything now. in there. That's gone now. If you stick Lego in there, surely it just plays the Lego movie, doesn't it? Does that? Please don't talk but, to me about that bloody film. That film, that film, I think, has given me, has given me this, some symptoms, some mild symptoms of epilepsy. Everything is awesome. Yeah. It is yeah. like having, it's like the feeling of Lego under the sole of your foot, but inside yeah. your brain. Inside your brain. I can't even watch it. If I, as soon as the children want to put it on, I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It, and the cuts, and it cuts from shot to shot to shot to shot. And you start to, 
and the, all the movements of the Lego people are so sort of jerky and oh. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure it's a. Uh, it's for children, isn't it? So I don't know why I'm wanging on about it's it. It's for Ugh. kids. Well, this is what happens. The things that are for kids, films and TV shows that are for kids, we still get up in arms when they don't entertain us. This is The Simpsons has spoiled us, you see. We expect something for kids to entertain us as well. And when it doesn't, we get furious. So this is why, this is why I get very upset about Doctor Who. I don't know where you, where, where you stand on the Doctor Who thing. But Doctor Who is for my eight-year-old son to love, right? If I also enjoy it, happy days. But if I watch it and think it's a bit childish... I do not get to complain because it is for children fundamentally. And yet you go on Twitter, it's full of people moaning about oh. Doctor Who being rubbish. And you're like, guys, it's for kids. It's for kids. I know uh, you can't really get into a conversation with Doctor Who fans in much the same ways that you can't get into a rational discussion with anyone about Star Wars. It's just, <laughs> you, you have to back away from that shit and go, you play on your own. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, it's okay. so true. It's so true. There's no point. Politics, Star Wars and uh, kids entertainment shows just don't have those conversations at dinner parties. No, for heaven's sake. Space. Um, then lots of exciting sex Sexy things, Office for Max, 2011. Oh, get in. Yes, please. Oh, sexy times. Um, that was my first Mac. Ooh, lovely. My first Mac purchase. So that was an exciting thing because I I, I must have got something, like a little mini corporate. Right. And I was like, and I invested that in yes. sort of a little bit of uh, sort of hard-tech equipment, Tom. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Oh, no, I know what you mean. Right? Yeah, with the keys, so, the buttons on it and the screen. We've got a buttons and screen and yeah. some little kind of cables and things. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Oh, yeah. Absolutely Excellent. lovely. It's an exciting time when you get your first Mac, isn't it? Mine was back then as well, back 2010. And oh, my God, because I'd had PCs up until that point. And they used to crash and they'd take ages to load. And then the whole thing was like a piece of crap. And then suddenly this Mac arrived and I was dry humping it every day. It was so good. <laughs> absolutely. It was like, what is this fabulous machine? Yeah, it wasn't your kids putting Lego in the machine. It was you. You were fucking your Mac with Lego. I was Come fucking on. my Mac. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. Questions. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We like to listen to toast. And we're not the kind who would boast. And even in spite of the host, we still like to listen to toast. La, 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 la. 
It's my mate bought a toaster. Welcome along if you've just joined us. That doesn't really happen on podcasts, does it, Jen Bristol? I'm sort of going back into radio mode now. You've gone very much into radio there. Really went radio. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the flip. Sorry for that, guys. You're not listening to magic. You're listening to my mate bought a toaster. And thank you for listening. Um, We've got the brilliant Jen Brister. We're in 2012 now, Jen. Um, You bought loads of David Sedaris for yourself, I think, here, uh, June 2012, because we all know David Sedaris is an absolute genius, do we not? Yes, they would have been gifts. I regularly buy David Sedaris as a gift for people. I still do. Good. People are like, I'm like, have you read him? They go, no. And I'm like, right, don't worry. I'll help you out there. And so then I go nice. and buy them like very, with, the, with all the hubris in the world that they're going to enjoy it, like six books. Go yes, on, help done, yourself. Sold, yes. Um, that is quite right as well. So hang on. So you, do you say, you say, the thing is, you say Sedaris, but I said Sedaris. Well, I used to say Sedaris, oh. and then every time I hear him saying his own name or being introduced in the United States, they yeah. say Sedaris. So I was like, well, I gotta mm. go with how they. Am I wrong? He probably does know how to say it. I guess he knows yeah. how to pronounce his yeah. own name, but I don't think he gives a shit like Sedaris, Sedaris. I mean, he lives here, doesn't he? He must be used to being everyone calling him David Sedaris. Anything under the sun. Anything under the sun. He's very, very funny indeed. And if you've never experienced him, cannot recommend it enough. And I think he, there's loads of uh, he did loads of radio shows as well. I think oh, he's done his um, radio. I think now on BBC Sounds you can. There's a glut of his. Um, uh, previous series basically him reading from his books which yes. you can chow down on so if you yes. particularly now we're still in lockdown if you want to tuck yeah. into that finish, finish this podcast first though obviously. oh no obviously yeah very okay. important very sure important. sorry oh, well actually to be honest by this point they've probably listened to the adverts so i've made my money from my listeners so we oh, can really can they can go fuck themselves now we can really kick back and yeah we can really drop the quality we've been keeping up so well oh um, right Here's an absolute joyful start to February. Of course, in February, you want to buy on the 3rd of February some Birkenstocks. You middle-class cliche. Get your Birkenstocks. Oh, oh, what year was this? 2012. Okay, so I'm going to Adelaide. Mate, the, uh, but hang on. I'm the going 3rd to the of February, and then the, the, then the 9th of February. You like the Birkenstocks so much on the 3rd of February for £32. Yeah. Pounds. Yeah. On the 9th of February, you go and buy another pair. Ah, yes. Okay, so I think I know which pairs I buy. I buy a pair of black ones, do I? Uh, and then I buy yes. a pair of silver ones. <laughs> yes, you you have you've you good. You've got a very good Birkenstock recollection going Listen, on. Listen, I tell you why because I still got them. That's why. <laughs> oh really? Well, they bloody hell, they last. No, no, not the silver ones. They died. The black oh. ones because I barely, I don't really wear them. But um, right. uh, yes, I am very much. Listen, I like a comfortable shoe, and mm. I, I definitely at the time was highly criticised for my footwear, as I would wear them out, as almost like they were fashion. And um, I remember Susie Ruffle couldn't actually get her head around the fact that I had left the house, <laughs> not only left the house, but gone into public, not only gone into public, but in the summer had done a gig in Birkenstocks. She was like, mate, <laughs> you're wearing sandals on stage. Yeah, she's right. She's right. There's... <laughs> What's left? How many more? How many more boxes are you ticking here? Well, obviously, as a lesbian, all of them. But um, <laughs> I, I was like, you know, uh, <laughs> I thought I, I, I stand by that decision, and I still think it's perfectly reasonable to wear sandals. Uh, They've Berkies. just got a very well-supported ridge arch, haven't they? They've got a you've got a good arch with those. And oh. also, I have some weird. Um, what is it? Some metatarsal uh, thingamajiggy. Oh, so they, they're the only ones that support them. Otherwise, my, my toes don't really support my foot properly. And so I get I get knee ache. Look, anyway. The- Listen, dude, when you buy clothes, 
any any fashion item that you buy to support a physical problem you've got that is you are instantly in your at least 50s if not 60s just fyi i I just want i don't want to talk about more orthotic insoles then shall i not mention those (laughs) (laughs) it's not a good time it's like i said the adverts have been now so the quality can really drop off (laughs) off a cliff it's fine so funny so funny you bought these sandals i love it um two pairs all right two exactly she's double birkenstocked and she remembers them well and they're still alive to tell the tale um 2013 then um loads more stuff oh hello someone's bought a luxury oval cat bed is that is that where you put the birkenstocks down at night or did you actually get a cat oh yeah we had a little kit cat yeah um our Friends of ours, this is when we were still living in London, uh, there was a stray cat that um, had had been living sort of, well, obviously it was stray, but had obviously the the owner had died uh, at some point and this poor little thing had been living um, out in a hackney somewhere and uh, our friends were sort of, had fostered it Mm. and needed to give it a permanent home and Chloe and I were like, we'll take it. And we did. So we took little, the, the little, he didn't last long because we didn't realise this, but he had cancer. Oh God, this is a really bleak bit of the podcast. Christ. I know. Well, he, he had, um, he had uh, cysts and uh, oh. malignant cysts in his kidneys, poor little thing. Oh. Um, but we, for whatever life he had left, which was a couple of years, we did our best to make it comfortable. It's a very lovely story. It's a very nice story. But he, he, he did die. Okay. <laughs> but to to be clear, like you're telling be, a kid a moral story. To be clear, we will we will die. That is. <laughs> I just don't want you to 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 think that there's a happy ending. There's... No. We, well, this isn't a fantasy. You know. This, this is real life, guys. Deal with it. Exactly. Real life. Cats die. Even realer deaths. That's what we do. Well, if you've got a cat flap, one day that'll be pointless. Just telling it as it is. Do you know what? We did have a cat flap in that flat the entire time we were living there, and then mm. on the year that we left, we got the cat and then moved out. To a house that didn't have a cat flap. So there we go. May 2014, here's an absolutely classic item. And this is the reason, this is the reason that Amazon's a wonderful thing because there'll be a story here. Um, You bought on the 6th of May 2014 two gas meter box keys. Oh, yeah, I love that stuff. Oh, sexy times. Sexy times because you couldn't, you know, if you were at home and, and you've got one of those boxes out the front of the house... And you can't get in there to do the meter business and, and to know you can switch the gas off. It's a fucking bullet. Along comes Amazon. Done it, mate. Absolutely done it. Did we buy two? You know, I, well, I think it was a set of two. Four. Okay. Um, yeah, go on. I, if we bought them, um, then we don't have them anymore. Hmm. But I would think it's because we just moved house yeah. and our gas meter box does need a key. But Ooh, yeah. I tell you what is... I don't think I've ever... I'm still using a fucking spoon to open that thing. So <laughs> I don't know what happened to those gas meter keys. Maybe maybe, maybe we bought them for someone else, but I've never seen them. Well, I often think... The thing about gas meter keys... And don't tell too many people this, Jen. Just, we'll just keep this between us and the listeners. You can use those on any motherfucking gas meter box out there. They are. That is a universal key, right? You don't need to, yeah. go, you don't need to go and get them cut. So if you want to be malicious, if you've got anyone in your life and it's middle of winter and there's someone you don't like, maybe there's a neighbour making noise, just pop over there. You can unlock their gas meter and you can switch their gas off and you can actually freeze them to death. Can you actually switch their gas yes. off? Yes. The, the ga- right next to the gas meter is, is, the, a... is, the ha- is the cranker to switch off their gas. Oh, God, that's really useful to know because there's a neighbour opposite me and I'd love to switch her gas off. Oh, tell me, tell me. Oh, what... she's Come an on. absolute cow 
Oh no. Does she not like the kids? That's often a starting point for problems. Well, she just lost her shit um, uh, with me over Christmas because I was trying to reverse my car and her uh, son and her mother wouldn't move out of the way. And I just went, please, could you just move out of the way? I'm trying to park my car. Yeah. And then she said that I had, and I'd said it from my car, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and then she said that I had intimidated her mother and had gone up to her and physically assaulted her mum, which oh I hadn't even got near her mum. And nor would I ever um, intimidate an elderly person. I had just said, and I'd asked several times if they'd move and they wouldn't. And I was like, please, could you move? I'm trying to park my car. Look, I realise I'm not coming out very well. <laughs> what? No, no, but hang on. What were they doing when you were saying, sorry, could you move? I need to park my car. Just, were they just looking at you? No, just standing, standing in front, uh, behind my car. And in between, in between their car, because they were unloading their car. Right. So, I mean, so in a way, they're lucky you didn't run them over. Really? Really? Well, when it comes down to it? Well, I did think about it. But what happened was, is I semi-parked the car. I went, I can't believe I'm telling you this story. Oh, I, mean, I love I, it. I, 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 I'm, you know when you go down a petty wormhole? So I was like, I was tutting and doing that harumphing thing, which is so passive-aggressive and British. Yeah. And I got out of the car. And I, at this point, I'd been driving the car for about five or six hours. I was absolutely exhausted. Mm. Uh, and, and so I thought, I'll leave them. They've got to unpack their car, and then I'll go back. And when they... Um, I finished I'll park the car properly yeah so I waited I looked out the window nobody there I was like great got back in the car went to reverse the car boom she's there like Mr oh, Ben fuck. she just appeared out of nowhere <laughs> ah, you know I was like what are you doing and and so I just said I just said look could you please move out of the way I'm trying to park my car yeah. and then she came to my door Wow, the and car door or that, the door where you no, live? No, then about an hour later, the yeah. daughter, she was really upset because she genuinely um, thought I had done something to oh her mum. Her mum had obviously said something to her. Right. And she was screaming and shouting and um, being, you know, abusive. Uh, and I... Uh, I didn't know what to say. I was like, look, do you want to have a conversation about this? And I'll tell you what happened. I know what happened. My oh, son dear. told me. And I went, okay, so we're not going to have a conversation about this. And I went, goodbye. And I just closed the door in her face. And um, then she, uh, I'm pretty sure at some point she's keyed my car. <gasps> the car has, has your car been keyed? Yes. Yeah, it's her. It's absolutely yeah. her. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. I feel like if, if that's made her feel better, whatever. But I um, mean... You say that, I yeah. I think these uh, these neighbour rows can escalate very quickly, can't they? But do you know what? I did that classic thing that I always do after a confrontation is that I immediately thought, right, okay, I've done something awful. Yes, I'm a bad, I'm a bad yes. person. Yes, why do we And do I said, that? I said to Chloe, right, I've got to go around and apologise. And Chloe went, do not go around and apologise to that woman. She came over and shouted. She called yeah. you a cunt. So now, now I, you've got you've got her shouting at you. You've got her daughter shouting at you, and you've got Chloe shouting at you. So um, it's her son, but yes, yeah, so I've got a lot of people shouting at me. Right. And um, so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to leave it and, mm. uh, and let's never speak again, and we haven't. Wow. Well, she'll never speak again if you t- turn her gas off. And yeah. can I just say, she never claps. Oh, the... you, oh you, you're kidding. Literally has never stepped out of a door once to clap for key workers. So I... Unbelievable. But then I was thinking maybe she really does need to isolate. She might be one of those people that's not safe for her to live Properly around. shielding. Properly shielding. Properly, oh. although to be fair, like... You keep balancing this. You're too nice. You keep saying, well, maybe she's done this. I mean, you uh, know, I've seen her killing a dog, but then maybe, you yes. know, the dog was ill. Is that sort no, of... She, stop balancing she, it. She's she a murderer. She punched a two-year-old in the face, but I thought sometimes I want to punch a two-year-old in the face. <laughs> I mean... 
God. Certainly, when mine were two, I did. Oh I mean, God. you know. Well, listen, let's get on to that topic, in fact, because not only did you buy the gas meter uh, in a, a set of two, you also went and got uh, some humans in a set of two, because I can see on May the 1st, 2014, uh, you bought the book by Mark Kilby, Expecting Twins. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So Chloe at this point is, oh, I don't know, she's five months pregnant. Right. And we are being very um, cautious about buying anything for the babies. Mm. Because we're still like, we don't want to, just in case, we don't want to jinx it. Absolutely, we mustn't. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. So, but we figured we can buy a book. And if, do you know what I mean? That felt safe. So we bought the book and um, as is the way with everything, Chloe read the book from cover to cover and I didn't even pick it up. So that is exactly who we are as human beings. I literally never read anything that might be of use to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think I'll wing it. It'll be fine. Yeah, you have two is... types of book book person. You have a book owner and a book reader. I'm a book owner. I will I will gather the books around me and assume that... We've talked about this before on the show. Osmosis will see me right. Somehow the wisdom of the book will get into my brain. Yeah, I, I, I think that's how I work as well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And do you know what? I can tell you for absolute fact. doesn't work, mate. Absolutely doesn't work. <laughs> just FYI, does not work. Um, so, so the twins are incoming, and uh, you are preparing to be a mum at this point. So, when were your delightful children born? When did they land? They landed on the twenty fifth of September, two thousand and fourteen. Okay. Um, and I, yes, that's when they arrived. So, can you remember anything since then? Do you know what? Very little, mm. and in in. Which at the time I remember thinking, there's no way I'll forget this because it's horrific. Yeah. There's no, when people say they forget this, I, I was like thinking, I will never forget this because this is so awful. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, but you do, you do. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 there's, there, I have flashes that I remember. And obviously we were, you know, like a lot of uh, parents um, with a digital uh, camera on our phone we obviously took bazillions of photos and and sometimes going back and looking at those I think oh god I completely forgot about that and I I, I forgot they even looked like that like I was convinced that our children were the most beautiful gorgeous aesthetically pleasing to the eye children that have ever been born and I look at them now and I think Jesus Christ they look like skinned rats <laughs> I completely agree. I look back at uh, pictures of my kids and they look like knuckles with nappies on. (laughs) And yet at the time you're like, well, my child's going to get spotted. Oh, I've got my my model here, guys, because this guy is so handsome. I know. It's unbelievable. I think there's some sort of hormone that kicks in that you just sort of go, oh, my children are so amazing. And then it's only afterwards, like, God, I must have been banging on about how gorgeous they were. And people must have been looking at me thinking, is she blind? Yeah. Do you not see what I see? But there's that, the generation, our parents' generation, when you say the gorgeous thing, they look at you and they nod sympathetically because they've been, they're at the other side and they know, you know, they know that it's not true. It's, yeah, it's it's exactly what everyone does. And the thing that that really strikes about those early years, because it was awful for us as well. My eldest um, had colic, so he didn't sleep. So Beth and I nearly killed each other most days. Um, and then having two as well with the three and a half year age gap. Blah. Everyone's been through it and we've all done it. And some of us have done it without having to go to Durham. And the <laughs> the thing that I remember, I remember doing a parenting podcast with Ollie Mann and Stuart Goldsmith. And I said, I know, and I got emotional. I said, I know that in five years time, I will give anything to come back here today and be able to spend 10 minutes with this child 
but at the moment I'm just finding it so hard and five years later I can tell you I absolutely fucking wouldn't give a thing to go back there and spend 10 minutes with a child that age like that again no, no way no and and uh, uh, I, I, again I, I think there are like Chloe feels very differently she's constantly thinking I wish we could go back and when they were babies and I'm like are you mentally ill <laughs> They didn't sleep till they were three. Mm. You and I nearly died from sleep deprivation. I have never felt so shit in my entire life. I think they were actually trying to kill us. They, yeah. one would sleep, then the other one would wake up, then the other one would sleep. And I was like, would you two just fucking just like sync this shit up and sleep at the same time? The worst. I can remember being in their bedroom on my knees. When one of them, I'd got one of them, I'd literally put his head down and gone, please go to sleep, please go to sleep. And, he, and he'd gone, he'd gone. I was like... Unheard of, unheard of. Sort of a sense of euphoria. And then yeah. the, I just hear... <laughs> and then the other one kicks uh. off. And I'm like, I'm literally on my knees in their room going... <laughs> <laughs> I, do I want to go back to that? No. No. But there's the thing that I will always take away from this is, do you know there's this, there's a Proust truism that he came up with is literally the only bit of proof that I've read of these words which is to in order to be happy one must uh, every day one must swallow a toad and that is true right at the beginning of every day if you have to do something absolutely heinous and awful for the rest of the day you feel great that's what exercise is built on right and I honestly believe now that in my life I have swallowed the toad for approximately the last eight years right I've done (laughs) the agony this lack of sleep the the getting fatter sweating constantly don't know why i'm just sweating all the time because this is like a physical endurance and mental yeah. and physical endurance. And and I, mental as well God. yeah but now coming out the other side i'm starting to feel and you must feel this with five-year-olds like okay we might maybe you know maybe they can watch a film and i can drift off to the kitchen and read a book you know what i mean you start to see freedom oh yeah and also you know i mean i've, I've been very negative about it but they're you know the joy that your children give you when you get joy from them is 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 it surpasses any joy I've ever experienced. I have to say that. Like like yeah. when, when things are good with the kids and the, and they're making me laugh and they're being just themselves and you know, you know, Chloe and I will just sit in the garden with a beer and w- watch them play their imaginary games. It's just it's delightful. It it's is. absolutely delightful. It and is. and I wouldn't change it for the world. But the amount of shit you have to swim through to get to that. I mean, flickety fuck. I exactly literal shit as well. But the, those moments when they happen a they're quite few and far between although they're increasing they're on the increase at the moment that's why they're called moments yeah exactly right um but also part of me (laughs) this is a very honest kind of thing but like i do really enjoy them and i feel really and i do feel that happiness but i slightly resent the agony it's taken it's a bit like when a parent tells you we're going to go camping and you're going to enjoy it and you're like i'm fucking not i'm fucking not and then you do and you feel a bit like yeah all right i kind of do like do you know what i mean i feel a bit like all right yeah this is i suppose this is quite good also it's you get to a point where um you know you can't really moan about it too mm. much it's, particularly the people that don't have kids because they're like oh you know Shut up, you know they're, they're like mate you, you didn't have to have kids and it's not like i can tell them it was an accident because you know they were, they were really expensive it's <laughs> you know, quite it, the accident it was quite we accidentally went to an ivf clinic and we accidentally spent a lot of money um, <laughs> so um yeah and also people's patience for that sort of stuff, which is understandable. Quite right. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, so I do try to sort of, you know, right. when people ask, I just go, the kids are fine and I'm fine. And then I keep it at that. Because mm. if, I, if I go down that wormhole, I, I only ever really indulge it uh, with other parents. And I'll mm. go, well, 
I'm just going to tell you because I know you're not going to judge me. Yeah, it's sweet. It's sweet to really open the taps, isn't it? When you can and really, when, when particularly if you if you if I've enjoyed it, and and I I very rarely talk about my kids when I'm you know uh, away for the weekend with gigs, but every now and again if it comes up and it's with someone who I like and I trust, then I'll I'll have a. I'll just have, I think to myself, I'll do a pint's worth of chat about the kids and mm. then we'll change the subject. And yes. that is, just to get, that's quite cathartic. Yes. Go, oh my God, it turns out I like my kids, Jen. Fuck, I didn't know this. Oh God. <laughs> Thank you for making me finally realise it's only taken me eight years. Oh, I bought so many embarrassing things. Pink CDs and a toddler, that's it. What we're going to do now, I am going to go to the last few purchases. Now, of course, this will be a bit of a lockdown special because we're recording this um, at the end of May 2020 during the corona lockdown. Um, So let's just see what's been going on with your lockdown. And uh, there are some still buying books for your mum. You're caring for your mum. Presumably she is she um, self-isolating? She she is. Yeah, she's self-isolating. So I'm trying to buy her little treats and books mm. and bits and bobs well, to you, keep her busy you bought her the pillars of the earth by ken follett now i i don't know if you like ken follett i absolutely love ken follett books they are enormous and you lose yourself in them and they are so shit but so good well my mum has just finished the shard lake series by cj sanson which i've read as well and Amazing. Uh, she I love them. absolutely loves them yes. and i was trying to find a sort of british you know i don't know uh, historical fiction that she might be able to lose herself in. So I, I tried to do a bit of research and that came up and I thought, I'll Good. just take a risk. Get like, Ken Follett I, on the case, mate. No, she'll love Ken Follett. She'll really? Lo- They're not shit? It's, no, they? no, no, no. They uh, might be a bit shit. <laughs> that, they sort of tread the, they tread the line between being a bit, this is just cock, but also, oh, this is great. You know what I mean? You do. Okay. Um, okay. Can I recommend then The Dull Factory if you want a bit of good historical fiction? Because I'm as I speak to you, I'm looking at the books nearest to me. Look, here I am touching them. Uh, all of my Seizure Sansoms. I've got all of my Seizure Sansoms in a line because I'm obsessed with them. So, oh, they are. They're great. They're amazing. They're such great books. Okay. All right. Let's see what's been going on with you then in the last few weeks of lockdown. Uh, I'm going to come to the most I, recent things I of all. I don't think I've made many purchases. Here's Here's something for Maureen. You can buy three series of Babylon Berlin with this. Explain, please. Oh, um, so Maureen and I uh, were supposed to go to the theatre for her birthday in January. And then she uh, ended up having to go to hospital. So so the tickets I bought, we, we couldn't get refunds for it. Then I said, don't worry, we'll go... Um, sometime in the spring to, mm-hmm. to the theatre to see something that she wanted to go and see. I see. And then obviously that couldn't happen. So I said to her, you know, is there anything you want to watch or there's anything? She was like, oh, I really, Babylon Berlin, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great. I'll just... So I just, what I would have spent on a ticket to the theatre, I spent on um, three series of Babylon Berlin. Babylon Berlin, set in 1929, follows the city in the grip of radical change through the eyes of police inspector Garyon Rath. It's it's absolutely brilliant. It's Is set it? Du- yeah, it's set during Weimar, the Weimar Republic. Yeah, um, just after uh, so Germany is still reeling from losing the First World War. Yeah, uh, there's lots of men wandering around who have got terrible PTSD. The country is moving towards quite a, a hedonistic time. Yeah, um, and there's there's lots of um, you know unrest because and also in 1929 there's the the great. Um, crash yes so germany is fucked 
Oh, and so then, fucked. So fucked. So very Good fast. job there haven't been any more big economic crashes since, though. <laughs> Thank God that was the last one. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, um, so who, but who is Maureen, please? Who is Maureen? Uh, Maureen Younger. Maureen Younger, she's a stand-up comedian. She's my very oh, dear friend. Oh, and we do... Okay. We do um, uh, podcasts and bits and bobs together very nice mates. okay yeah. good well this is not but this is the great thing about our digital lives we can sustain them and we can give each other nice things all thanks to websites like this it's what we like about this exactly. stuff exactly um can i recommend by the way if you're into your uh germany during the 20s and 30s book in book form the bernie gunter novels by philip kerr have you read those amazing intricate clever detailed noir berlin noir crime they're fantastic okay so what's what's the philip kerr and Uh, philip kerr's name of the writer and the character is called bernie gunter g-u-n-t-h-e-r okay i'm obsessed with them i've still i've got about four left sadly philip kerr died a couple of years ago but i've got about four books left to read and then i will will have completed the series but they are so so very very good so okay i'll check this out so what i'm gonna do jen final thing i'm gonna do before i lose you and what a brilliant uh, story your shopping listery is told we've had the person doing open spots in australia and then suddenly you're off to adelaide and you're you know the things have happened for you and your career has flown and it's so well deserved and the kids are ruining everything and i can hear them right now as i make this speech it's so (laughs) perfect um uh, and then here we are on your wish list things that you want to buy just a very quick look at the wish list and we've got two pairs of birkenstocks so that's really been a thing (laughs) is it really you're joking Birkenstock uh, women's adult sandals, tango red, and some uh, Birkenstock flip-flops. So you're really splashing out there, going for the flip-flop. Oh, my God. I, really, I want to kill myself. That's so embarrassing. Um, well, I mean, kill myself is a bit, a bit fun. Um, <laughs> I certainly feel a little bit humiliated by that revelation. But anyway, let's let's not dwell on it. I no. think we've, we've, we've heard enough from me. I think it just makes it everything so perfect that, you know, one I day... I can't believe that that was like the, one of the first purchases. And now it's what... Yeah. Still on my wish list, like the loser I am. You are oh, your your God. story is punctuated by Birkenstocks. You need to yeah. you need to buy some, then you can throw and your I'm, old Birkenstocks at your neighbour. That's what I'm actually doing. wearing Birkenstocks at the moment. So of course you are. are. Of course you are. It's so perfect. I love it. Um, listen, Jen, I could talk to you all day, but we must stop for our listeners have other things to do. Um, thank you so, so <laughs> much you. for doing my Maybe Toaster. Um, can I ask you, please, uh, what, uh, how do we find you online? What are you up to at the moment? What should, what should the listeners come after you and find oh. from you, please? Dear God, what can you do? I mean, literally my tour was cancelled, so I imagine I'll be on tour at some point. All of those dates will be on my website, uh, jenbrister.co.uk. I have written a book. It's called The Other Mother uh, by Jen Brister. It's a comedy memoir about being a parent, which is available, actually, very weirdly, on Amazon mm. uh, and other uh, bookstores. It's a wonderful book. Please do buy that. And, uh, and otherwise, I'm at home, aren't I? Great. So we'll see you at home. We'll know where to find you. She's got the keyed car next to the angry lady. That's where she is. Oh, lives. God, please. I hope she, she... What are the chances? She doesn't even know who I am. Do you think she listens to podcasts? I don't. I don't think she knows who... She doesn't even know my name, so... It'll yeah. be fine. It'll be fine. I feel... I feel... I feel, I feel quite bad about that. <laughs> you get, I'm, I'm actually looking I'm actually at this moment looking at my window to see if she's there just to check what check she's not not listening to somehow listening to the podcast from the future I, I just literally out. wouldn't surprise me if she had those powers <laughs> oh my god pack your Birkenstocks it's time to move um, Jen thank you very much lots of love see you soon all the best kind regards thanks for doing my mate bottle toaster thank you Tom <laughs> The 
fantastic, Jen Brister. Her book is great. She's gorgeous. She's so funny. Um, if you get the chance to go and see her live, then do yourself a favour and go and check her out. She's great. Her tour, I'm sure, will be back on its legs uh, and she'll be going around the country doing her wonderful thing um, in no time. I mean, I say no time, probably in a couple of years when all this is blown over. Um, how are you? Hope you're doing okay. Thank you so much for listening to My Maple Toaster. I'll be back next week. I've got some more lovely guests lined up and that's it, really. I don't really have anything else to say. I just, I like this bit. I like this bit when it's just you and me at the end. It's no. Any questions? No, okay, fine. All right. You know what to do. Follow us on Twitter at ToasterPod. Um, and what else? Oh, reviews. I mean, you know, you know, we've had a couple. It's fine. It's good. It's all good and grand. And just once more, thanks for listening. More great guests coming. That's really the, that's the headline news, which I've saved for the end. Shall I go? Uh, okay, I'll go. Bye-bye. Great big owl. Oh, hello you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Rule of Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your musicals, your bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting because, let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.